Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it's Wednesday, and my God, things are not slowing up. There's so many things happening in the studio with us. We have Judge Richard Weinberg, we have Congressman Peter King, and I heard a rumor. That uh, Governor uh, uh, George Pataki. Pataki. George Pataki might show up. That would well, be that's great. a good rumor. That's a great rumor. And Rita Cosby. And Rita, so many things are going on. I understand that uh, we had yesterday, we had uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo and Scaramucci swinging, swinging it out. Some people liked it. Uh, some people didn't like it. It, it was but definitely provoking. <laughs> At least you don't have to watch two TV sets. I watch... CNN uh, and Fox to find out, and I average it out between the two to see what the truth is. Well, and and listen, it was interesting. It was lively. You want the truth? You come here. You come here. We'll have everybody on to 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 talk about everything that you want to hear, and. Let our listeners decide what the truth is. And by the way, John, I just want to say, I want to give you a shout out because that is one thing you believe. Let everybody hear all sides. This is a place where nobody's going to be canceled. They're allowed to speak. And I say kudos to you. Well, that's what I say about uh, our colleges. Our kids in our colleges have to listen to both sides and then decide what the truth is, not to cancel one side. What do you say, your congressman? John, I agree completely. That is more and more difficult. I know people who work with universities, and you can't get conservative speakers in there. If you do, the students demonstrate. Remember, Condoleezza Rice wasn't allowed to speak in so many schools. Right. And, and Alan Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz. Is banned from Harvard. He can't Riley speak at Harvard. Gaines. Riley Gaines. Right. It goes totally and, uh, I'll some- tell you, I was on the board of the uh, new school. Uh, and uh, along with John Kerry at that time, and not John Kerry, Bob, Bob Kerry. Bob Kerry, yep. And uh, we had Tom Ridge come in to talk about his new book. And there was only two or three students that were jumping up and down and wouldn't let him speak. I felt like taking going out over there to the students and and they they had a little machine. John, don't bring your Rocky Calavito about with. I was going to bring my Rocky Calavito, but I was going to take that thing that they were making noise with, throw it out the window. Oh, that's crazy! Some of these kids just have to be challenged. Well, and do you want to hear? Somebody has to have the courage to challenge. The irony, John, too, and I want to kind of bring it to what's going on with these protests. We've seen at a whole bunch of these protests uh, pride for Palestinians, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Talking about the gay community. Yes, the gay community. community. And I don't understand. Because the, the 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 Muslim community takes gay people, Islam, Islamic extremists, and throws them off the roof. Right, they it's would like, never so, let them. So tell me, somebody has to explain to me. It's why. called it's called stupid. It's called it's, ignorant. it's called stupid and ignorant. Yes, because they literally will have their hands chopped off, their heads chopped off, and thrown off a roof for being gay. And, and that's Rita. I think I hear that uh, the control booth tells me that uh, uh, Senator uh, Lindsey Graham oh, is on. You want to take it? And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby is South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, Senator Graham, so much going on, but boy, is this scary when you have the head of the FBI talking about heightened threat levels. And all I keep thinking about is that wide open border. This is so dangerous. Well, thanks. Uh, thank you very much, Rita and John, for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect storm for a major attack against the United States. It all started with Afghanistan. When Biden pulled out, 
That was the signal to the bad guys that he's weak. Uh, Russia invades Ukraine. Now you got Hamas trying to destroy the state of Israel. These things are connected and an open border. How easy would it be for a bunch of terrorists to get in the middle of these millions of people coming across? So you'll be seeing from Republicans in the Senate, I think in the next week, a strong border security bill that reforms asylum, changes the parole um, uh, system that allows people to come in when they shouldn't be here and to stop the flow or slow down the flow. So we'll be doing that. We need to secure our border. We need to help Ukraine keep fighting the Russians, and God knows we need to help our friends in Israel. And this all starts from being weak. And even uh, Secretary Mallorca said today that uh, he recognizes that the border has been a failure. I mean, uh, they finally woke up. Yeah, yeah or he said the immigration yeah, system's a failure, but he wouldn't acknowledge the border. It, he, it was like well, circle but, back sake, the way he explained it. Yeah, but, you know, John, you made it. That's right. You made a good point. He said that the supplemental provisions sent over the, uh, by the Biden administration to deal with the border are, are tourniquet. You've got to change policy. We had the lowest illegal crossings when Trump was president. Now we have the highest. Why? Because they reversed everything Trump did. Asylum claims, if you get one foot into the country, that you never leave. You may have five years before you're hearing, but you're here in the country, so people keep coming. They're abusing parole, which should be an individual decision. They've had about 100,000 people paroled. So they're abusing the system. They went away from Trump policies. And every month we have a new record. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't change policy, if you don't change our asylum laws, if you don't crack down on, you know, finish the wall, this will never change. You know, Senator, there are 5,000 people in a caravan that are coming from Mexico to cross the U.S. border. And there was an interview with the leader of the caravan. That's how organized they are. And the leader said that all these Latin American countries are conspiring to come to America uh, can't the Biden administration figure it out? This is the guy who's leading them to come across the border. He's, he's saying what we all know. Uh, I mean, that is shocking. It just shows how obvious I, it I is. I don't know if we should la- laugh or cry. It's just well, horrible. I think we should cry, and we try. We should push Biden to do the right. Now, how did Trump do what he did? He told the Northern Triangle countries, um, Nicaragua, the three countries that we get a lot of people from, if you keep sending caravans, you'll get no aid. He told Mexico they're going to remain on the Mexican side of the border until they're hearing, which could be years away. Once people understood they couldn't get into the United States to apply for asylum, uh, and they had to wait in Mexico, it all stopped. Nobody's going to pay $10,000 to sit in Mexico for five years. Trump put everybody on notice that if you don't work with me, you'll get nothing from the United States. will make your life miserable. He set up a system to deter people from coming. The day you get in the United States and you're released is the day that everybody in the world wants to come here. So he shut off catch and release. Biden changed everything Trump did, and what we have is a result of bad policy. How do you get back to what Trump did? Do what Trump did. Understood. And, uh, uh, I mean, it's just uh, nuts. Uh, We're fighting the wars in uh, Ukraine. We're fighting the wars in Israel. Uh, yeah. What is China going to do? Any gut feeling? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to watch and jump if they see a moment. If we pull the plug on helping Ukraine, number one, not one American's died in Israel or Ukraine. 
This is we're not people are fighting for their own freedom. We're just helping them. Uh, we spent less than five percent of our defense budget to help Ukraine, and they destroyed fifty percent of the Russian army. They've taken fifty percent of their territory back. They're putting a hurt on Putin, and uh, uh, that this is a good thing. But if you pull the plug on Ukraine and and let Putin get away with this, China would take Taiwan. If Putin fails in Ukraine, China will think twice. If we can help Israel destroy Hamas, that deters China. There, this is a war of annihilation in the Middle East. Hamas is a terrorist organization trying to kill all the Jews like the Nazis. Uh, Israel has no choice but to destroy Hamas and try to find a better life for the Palestinians after that. But right what about now, Iran, Senator Graham? What about Iran, too? Iran Isn't it time is to get yeah. tough? Yeah. Okay, so you, you're one step ahead of me, as always. So there is no Hamas without Iran. There's no Hezbollah without Iran. There is no Shiite militia in Iraq and Syria without the Iranians. Ninety-three percent of Hamas's budget comes from the Iranians. If we lose one American soldier in Iraq and Syria because of these attacks from Shiite militias owned and controlled by Iran, I would hit Iran. I would tell the Iranians, if you kill one American soldier through your proxies in Iraq or Syria, we're going to attack you. If you activate Hezbollah in the north to create a second front for Israel, we're going to come after you, Ayatollah, hit his oil infrastructure, put him out of the oil business. He would stop if he believed that. Isn't it kind of funny that during Trump's years, none of this happened? They were afraid of Trump. Nobody's afraid of Biden. That's the, that's that's it. That's correct. That's the sad and reality. Iran already is selling two billion dollars in oil every week, and that's where the yep. wealth is coming from. And that's what they're using our money that we're paying increased oil prices uh, to to pay for Hamas and destroy Israel. You got it. Who's the biggest purchaser of Iranian oil? Is the Chinese? China. We have sanctions. Yeah, we have sanctions on Iran oil, but China could give a damn. So China is keeping Iran afloat. Uh, Russia is buying drones from the Iranians uh, to kill the Ukrainians. And it's all together. you got a, an axis of bad guys, and you got an American president who started this whole stuff with Afghanistan. And it's Crazy. never going to change until we change our policy. Senator Lindsey Graham, thank you so much for coming on, and we're going to catch up with you again real soon. I'm looking forward to our next dinner. Thank you. God bless Israel. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Breaking news, WABC. And, uh, John, you got to hear this one. Uh, billionaire Elon Musk is attacking George Soros, uh, saying that 93-year-old George Soros, uh, of course, is what he says is a threat to humanity, fundamentally hates humanity. And he said he's doing things that erode the fabric of civilization by getting DAs, of course, elected who refuse to prosecute crime. So taking a big swipe. Uh, I, and Soros, listen, he's backed so many people that have been soft on crime. And our rumor <clears throat> is true. We have Governor George Pataki in the uh, studio with us. Uh, Governor, how are you today? Uh, I'm fine, John. The, the, the late Governor Pataki has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a ma- magical arrival. It's, yes. it, it builds up anticipation, Governor. We love that. Well, Governor, do you. you know George Soros at all? I have do you know met George him? Soros. I have. I actually what, what served on the board plan? of the Central European University. University in Budapest that is an excellent university uh, that he uh, largely funded. And what did you think of him? Well, you know, he's a bright, thoughtful guy, and I, and I disagree with Elon Musk that he hates humanity. I think he likes humanity. I just disagree with him on so many of the policies. The district attorneys 
Rita, you were mentioning that, and that has been a disaster. Uh, there's no question that soil it's is turning our cities into a jungle, unlivable places, yeah. you know, and it's everywhere from New York to San Francisco and in between where, where they have funded, uh, district attorneys who don't uphold the law. Uh, and, it, and it's a catastrophe. Congressman King, what do you think of George Soros? I mean, he is a continually funded left-wing district attorney. So also in left South Philadelphia. It's, it's another dramatic example. And Chicago. How, and Chicago, crime rate has gone out of control. Everywhere George Soros goes. Baltimore, but why is Seattle. He, why, yeah. Judge Weinberg, why is he doing it? I can't tell you his psychology because I only have a couple of degrees but in, in law. But let's be, let's be clear. <laughs> why is he funny? Why is he? I am. Just imagine if you graduated, Johnny, you could have been successful. Trillionaire. Okay. He'd be a yeah. trillionaire. But, but Soros is not only funding anti-police, defund the police, and woke DAs. He's also now been reported is funding Hamas protesters. So he's putting in at least $15 million I mean, into protests nobody, across the country. Uh, Governor Pataki, nobody knows. We were talking just before you walked in. That gay individuals and LGBTQs are supporting Hamas. And, and that's hard to understand, but, John. But because it, the Muslims just throw them off the roofs and kill the gay people. Right. And by I the mean, way, there have been protests where you see um, some of these Hamas uh, supporters running over saying, take, even grabbing the flag I mean, away from them, the Palestinian flag. I have a lot of gay friends and I respect them. You know, that, that to me just shows an, uh, just a suspension of, suspension of intelligence. When you're supporting people who would kill you, because of your lifestyle, it makes no sense. And it's not just gays or trans. It's also things like abortion. Crazy. You know, uh, you have an abortion in Iran. Rita, you're going to get killed. Rita, I understand the uh, Lieutenant uh, General, General yep. Kellogg is on. Would you Abs- bring him in? Absolutely. We have the former National Security Advisor to then Vice President Pence, also with President Trump, uh, the great General Keith Kellogg. Uh, General Kellogg, you know, we're talking about uh, obviously what's going on here in the home front, but also uh, over in Israel, things are getting really heated. Um, you probably saw this. This was really frightening today. There was a Hamas leader. He's on camera saying, we're going to keep going. That that what happened on October 7th was just one wave. We're just going to keep going until Israel is annihilated. This is scary stuff. Yeah, uh, Rita, um Look, this is an existential fight for Israel, and they know it. Uh, you know, I was amazed. The, um, when you think about it, there, you know, actually, Bibi Netanyahu made a, actually a quote that came out of the Old Testament when he said, there's a time for peace and there's a time for war, and now it's a time for war. It's almost like a, a, a biblical fight, and they're going to have to keep going. They're the Israelis. They're going to have to fight this one to the finish because Hamas in their charter calls for the elimination of Israel and and. And, and the Jewish people. I mean, it's written in charter. So they're going to have to eliminate Hamas as an organization and then turn the Palestinian Authority and say, OK, who's going to take control of Gaza after this? You know, in 2014, the Palestinian Authority and Hamas actually had a joint relationship there in, in Gaza um, that went away. And now they're going to have to probably reconstitute. But you've, we've got to support the Israelis in every way possible. Uh, we have to, and there's going to be a lot of attacks uh, coming, you know, have a ceasefire. What about the refugees? What about collateral damage? You're going to have to hear, you're going to hear all this. And I think people are just going to have to harden themselves and say, look, this is a fight that goes back to 1945 when we came out of World War II and we said never again. This is a never again moment. And people need to stand up now and say there's a moral certitude issue that we must follow. 
that this is a this is a, a program by Hamas to eradicate a race, and we cannot put up with that. Uh, and you know, I'm seeing pictures of uh, uh, members of uh, of the Jewish uh, Parliament coming out of their of the Knesset after they'd seen the pictures. Actually, the pictures they'd taken from January 7th. Or I'm sorry, October 7th, and they were just just stunned by it. Um, the barbar, barbar the barbarism that was shown. So it's a fight to the finish, and we need to support Israel and their elimination, eradication of Hamas. That's simple. Yeah, these people are savages. And everybody, we are talking to uh, General Keith Kellogg, former National Security Advisor uh, during the Trump administration. Congressman Peter King. Yeah, General, great talking to you. Thanks for your years of service. Are you surprised how quickly the public relations tide you, uh, around the world, worldwide, has turned against Israel? To me, it's shameful and disgraceful, but did you see it coming this quickly? Well, honestly, I didn't think it would come this quickly. I knew it was going to show up. Right. Um, I think there's some latent anti-Semitism, which is is given, but I also think that the liberal media pushes this. And, you know, this is one of those, they probably would have been apoplectic when Sherman burned Atlanta to the ground or in World War II when we destroyed Dresden in bombing to send a message to the Nazis as well. And and I think the media media's pl- had a big play. Well, we need to have a ceasefire. Oh, look at the atrocities that are occurring. No, we need to make these, the response needs to be really simple, and it needs to be really focused. This attack came out of Gaza into Israel. They they murdered, slaughtered civilians. They are the ones who violated the, the, the you know the conduct of war, uh, the law of land warfare, and now this is the payback, and we need to just accept that. And we need to be very consistent on the message. And you're seeing a lot of people being uh, apologetic for what's happened to the Palestinians. Hamas are Palestinians, but Hamas is also different than Palestinians. Let's hope the Palestinians as a people don't want to tolerate what Hamas has done or is doing. It, it, it's a generational fight. It's probably going to be longer than that. This is, this is not going to be over easy. And I think the Israelis realize it. And I think what they're going to do, uh, in, a, in, the, in a fire was advising Netanyahu, I tell him this, you need to raise Gaza to the ground as a city. Just destroy it. Sort of like what Scipio did with Carthage in the Third Punic War. General, and then start all over again. I mean, it sounds harsh. I know it does. Uh, it, it, but you're going to have to do something that's really dramatic. And by the way, we need to be prepared. We, the United States, needs to be prepared as well to potentially go against Iran. Because what's happening there is if Hezbollah in the north gets involved. Mm-hmm. It's a ring influence. And, there, and these proxies are hitting there. these U.S. bases, too. I mean, we just had another strike just recently. Um, Judge Weinberg. General, it's good to talk to you again, sir. But the fact of the matter is the attack against Israel is just a first step in a war of civilizations. They're against the Western civilization. They're against the Judeo-Christian ethic. They have a view of hegemony of their own religious zealots. And that's what it's about. So first, first it's the Jewish community, but then it's going to be the Christian community, and after that, the Hindus and the Buddhists. There's nobody who's going to escape this once these people are unleashed. Well, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, this is if, if we don't, if if the West doesn't, and, and virtually the entire world, if they don't take a stand on this, then everything that we fought for in World War II is gone in the Western theater. Uh, with what the Nazis did, you know, I, I, you know, when I took a trip to with the vice president to Auschwitz, 
I came out of Auschwitz, and I actually got on Air Force Two, and I looked at the vice president, and I said, you know, this is the first time in my life I don't believe in God. And he stopped me real quick. He said, it wasn't God. It was man. And we all need to understand that, that this is man's inhumanity to man, and it must be corrected. We did it at the end of World War II when it, we hung all the Nazi leaders, the same thing we did in Japan. But, but this needs to be nipped now, and everybody needs to come together on it. But this is going to be a fight that is going to spin really out of control. Governor Pataki. We're right on the edge of that. Yeah, General, thank you. And I agree with you. Uh, this is a class of civilizations that the West has got to win. But I disagree with one thing. I was not at all surprised that the media has turned on Israel so quickly because I believe a lot in the media – saw Israel even before this horrible attack as an oppressive state. They see America as an oppressive state. And and so they clearly wouldn't support the barbarism that just happened, uh, but they would turn on Israel quite quickly and quickly and they have. And that's why it's so important for voices like yours and ours to stand up there and say, this is Hamas, they have got to be destroyed or they will do it again. It's that simple. No, I, I'm absolutely right. And, but we need to be consistent. In other words, all of us need to say that and stay on message. We can't waver from it. We can't say, yeah, but maybe we need to do this. That's the reason I'll criticize the administration. Don't ever talk about a ceasefire. Don't ever talk about uh, this whole thing about humanitarian aid or violating the law of land warfare. If anybody's violating the law of land warfare, it's Hamas. It's not the Israelis. The Israelis go out of their way to to ensure that we don't have a lot of collateral damage but it's going to occur and that's why i remind everybody look when you get into a fight those things occur they happen General, and that's why soldiers don't want to go to war we have to go to a hard break but i just want to uh, tell you we had senator lindsey graham on uh, a few minutes ago and he says we've destroyed 50 percent of the russian army and and have not lost not even one american and uh, that was significant Regarding Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really, and I've said all along that taking Russia off the stage as a strategic adversary is a plus for America. Yes. If the Ukrainians, I don't care if the Moldavians do it, Montenegro does it, or the Ukrainians do it. It helps us in the long term. General, thank you. Thank you so much, General. And we're going to have to take a hard break right now. And when we come back, well, uh, the interest rates are staying uh, where they are right now. We have Ryan Payne. And to give us his opinion. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at Virginia.org. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, with us today is Ryan Payne, no pain, no gain, and uh, an investment uh, uh, person. And uh, uh, Ryan, uh, rates stayed steady today. Meanwhile, yeah. every almost every company uh, uh, in the real estate business in uh, in the United States is suffering because they're paying five hundred basis points more interest than they did last year. Well, it's a good thing they kept those rates steady because you're right. Um, you know, we're at a point now where the 30-year mortgage has been as high as 8% recently. And we know everything in the real estate business, John, is driven by interest rates. And you, know, you couple that with unaffordability. You know, most Americans right now 
Um, you know, it's, it's as bad as it's been in 40 years when it comes to actually uh, buying real estate or buying a home. And you got a lot of people looking for houses right now or, or want a house and not wanting to rent. Well, where do you think we're going from here? I mean, it's right now a lot of the real estate industry finds it unbearable. If they raise it again, he didn't say he's not going to raise it again, but if he does raise it again, it'll be a major problem in our country. I agree, um, but I suspect here, John, that the we're at the terminal rate. I think that the Fed's done with raising interest rates. You know, conditions are, are tight enough. The ten-year Treasury now, uh, you know, hit five percent, almost hit five percent a couple weeks ago. So I think we're at a point now where we may have seen the peak in interest rates, and I'd argue that's probably a good sign. You know, I think next year, it's an election year, and I know the Fed's not supposed to be a political appointed role, but I, I suspect uh, you know the Fed may cut next year. Uh, you know, just to keep in good graces with uh, <laughs> with the president. Understood. What else would you like to tell the American people? And then uh, uh, oh, Governor Pataki has a question. Yeah, Ryan, uh, you know, uh, the interest rates, that's all a function of the Fed. And that's been the attention. It's the Fed raising interest rates to try to fight inflation. What has been ignored here is fiscal policy of the Biden administration. Uh, the Fed sets the monetary policy, but we've had over $6 trillion in debt. Uh, since uh, Biden has come to office and it would make the Fed's job a lot easier and we could have lower interest rates if they didn't, like this year, run up a $2 trillion deficit at a time of full employment. And uh, I don't know if you've spoken about it, but I think if people don't just put it all on the Fed, but put it on Congress and Biden as well, it would help a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the real culprit here, right? I mean, the, the Fed's cleaning up the mess of, of the you know, the wild fiscal stimulus that we've seen that just won't stop. And in fact, it's not over yet. You still have another trillion in spending uh, between the infrastructure package, the CHIPS Act, uh, and the the ironically named Inflation Reduction Act, um, which every dollar they spend causes inflation, doesn't reduce inflation. So the spending's really not over, and I think that's the bigger problem. Uh, and I think, you know, as long as the deficit keeps increasing, you know, the Fed can't control longer-term interest rates, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've seen the 30-year uh, bond go over 5% is because the deficit's getting to a point now uh, where it's becoming unsustainable, and I think that's a bigger long-term problem that needs to be addressed. Uh, Judge Weinberg, anything? So are you bullish on America, Ryan? Wildly bullish on America. So to give you a little bit of optimism, um, I do think that uh, inflation is going to continue to come down. It's come down a lot, right? We had peak inflation at 9%. Uh, the shelter component's going to come down. Oil prices are starting to drop. Uh, unemployment is at a uh, 50-year low still, and I think the labor market's going to stay hot. We're going to have a good number come Friday, and I don't think we're going to recession. So I think, you know, despite what these politicians do, I don't think you can bet against the American people and American business, and profits are going to continue to go up into next year. So I'm bullish on the economy, and I'm bullish on the market. Ryan Payne, you're on every uh, Saturday on uh, WABCradio.com worldwide, 173 countries. Uh, and you're on with Stephen Moore, and uh, we'll listen to you this Saturday. Be there, be square, John. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And uh, let's take another break, and when we come back, we have Michael Goodwin. He's uh, one smart uh, guy for the New York Post. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. 
And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And joining us now is Pulitzer Prize winning columnist Michael Goodwin. Uh, Michael, uh, you wrote a really powerful column essentially saying, don't go wobbly, Joe Biden. Explain why uh, moral clarity is needed more than ever now. Well, thank you, Rita. Um, yes, I think the president started out very strong in Israel's corner, but increasingly you hear more and more talk of the necessity for Israel to be careful with civilians. And I believe that uh, perhaps a turning point came when uh, the president opposed the General Assembly at the U.N., the resolution calling for a ceasefire, a resolution that never mentioned the Hamas attack. The United States uh, very strongly voted against it, but we were only one of 14 countries to do so, Israel being one of the others. Uh, 120 countries voted for it, and I think that probably was something of a reminder to the president that uh, America was becoming isolated uh, in its support of Israel. And, of course, the left wing of the Democratic Party has uh, got an anti-Semitic caucus in it, and it's got a lot of uh, anti-Israel uh, uh, votes in it. And it's, I think the president is getting scared. I think he's seeing the American isolation and also seeing his political uh, opponents within his own party beating up on him. And so I think that these two factors are conspiring to give him the willies about uh, supporting Israel unconditionally. And I think it's a mistake. I think that you cannot ask Israel to stop halfway. You cannot ask Israel to let Hamas survive. So uh, the civilians are being killed because Hamas will not let them leave Gaza. And Hamas uses them as human shields. And you cannot ask Israel to stop so that Hamas can survive. But, that but Michael, would be the effect of it. Where is, where is the moment of, you know, and I, I think about some of the, the great presidents we've had in history who would stand up there and say, don't touch the hair of a single American. All I keep hearing from this president is don't. And I'm sorry, don't isn't a strong word when you're dealing with monsters and savages on the other end. Well, you know, and Rita, you raise a really good point, which is that there are American hostages and that there are American city citizens trying to get out of Gaza who can't. Hamas won't let them out. So this is not just Israel's war. It is our war, too. Now, I'm not suggesting that we go in and start bombing, but I think a little more tough talk, as you suggest, is certainly appropriate. I mean, the president acts as though he's trying to have it both ways here, that he doesn't want to offend the the left and he does and he always wants to be careful about using the word civilian i mean you if you listen to any briefing from the white house or see any interview uh it's always we remind israel the the rules of war the laws of war as though israel is just going in there to try to kill as many civilians as possible i mean this is all for show this is all for joe biden to be the the um the sensitive one, the sensible one. Uh, and, you know, f foolishly, he keeps talking about a two-state solution as though that's even within the realm of possibility, given My what uh, Hamas did from Gaza. Michael, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. Good to talk to you again. You, you pointed out in your column a couple other points, which I thought were very instructive. One, weakness 
What happens with weakness? Weakness only emboldens your enemies, which would be Iran or China and Russia. And two, it undermines the confidence our allies have in our willingness to do the tough stuff. Could you comment on that? Yes, look, I think I think if he blinks, if Biden blinks in his support of Israel, there are a number of consequences. Uh, all of them, it, it would be it would be a great gift to Russia, to China, to Iran. Uh, I think it would scare other allies like, like Saudi Arabia. Uh, I think uh, countries all over the world would begin to recalibrate if America is going to voluntarily surrender its role of global leadership. Uh, I think that we would then be drawn into even more conflict. I mean, this is one of my consistent criticisms of President Biden, is that the old Roman adage that if you want peace, prepare for war. Well, he's always preparing for peace, and he's getting war. Yeah, weakness. Uh, and Michael Goodwin, of course, of the New York Post, uh, we have a question from the great Congressman Peter King. Hey, Michael, it's always great talking with you. Do you see any hope for the American media? Do we just have to assume they're going to be on the wrong side for the duration of this war? I mean, I think it's incredible when you're watching television. All you're hearing is about, you know, dead uh, Palestinian kids, all the civilians are being killed. It's almost like October 7th never happened. Right. No, look, I think I think you're spot on, Pete, because that is uh, that is part of the pressure that Biden is feeling uh, when The New York Times continues to feature, you know, the casualty numbers that the Gazan health ministry puts out. Uh, that's pressure on Biden. Now, I thought it was brave of the president to say the other day, I have no faith in the numbers put out by the by the Gazans themselves. Uh, nonetheless, the media does. The media uses them, and they keep trumpeting them, and it, it does take a toll. It, it, I think it takes a toll on the president, on the White House. It begins to feel beleaguered. It begins to feel like it's got a problem. It's got to separate from Israel to get away from this. And I think that's, that's the impact it's having. And, of course, we can never forget the presidential election. That's always factoring in. Uh, Michael, this is George Pataki, and uh, thank you for your columns. And um, I just, uh, far be it for me, but I've got to suggest a column for you before this weekend. <laughs> Secretary Blinken is going over to Israel to meet with Netanyahu. This terrifies me. And it terrifies me because of exactly what you said, that uh, that Biden is heading into a presidential election. He's worried about the media uh, focusing on civilian casualties. He's working on his left wing of his own party, criticizing him. Uh, and if I were to write a column this weekend, I'd start out to, to Secretary Blinken, don't do it. Uh, don't lean on Netanyahu to slow down or stop or take half a loaf, because I am terrified that the mission this weekend is not to say, stay strong, baby. It's to, hey, wait a second, got to think twice. Well, I think you're right, Governor, that, that that is why he's going. It's to reinforce all of these concerns that the Americans have. Uh, and, look, I, I really think that Netanyahu is not going to bend over for this because I, I think that he can't. Uh, he's got he's got the opposite imperative of what Biden is facing now. His imperative is he's got to finish Hamas. He cannot look his country in the eye if he doesn't. He will be he will be forever uh, stained by this uh, by this attack already that happened on his watch. And if he doesn't finish Hamas, 
he will go down in history as 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 a villain for the for Israel, I think. So he's got to finish the job here. And so he's not much of a diplomat, uh, Netanyahu. Uh, and I, but I think he's got to resist. And I suspect there will be a really tense conversation with Blinken. Well, thank you, uh, Michael Goodwin and star reporter of the New York Post. And uh, we'll catch up with you again real good. Keep telling the people the truth. Thank you, John. My pleasure. Thanks to all of you. Thanks, Michael. And Rita, we have... uh... Yes, we have right now the assistant director in charge of the New York office of the FBI, Director James Smith. Uh, Director, we're so happy to have you here on Cats and Cosby. And, you know, yesterday, of course, uh, the FBI director came out and said he was so worried about attacks on American soil. We know New York's always the number one target. Um, Your thoughts, um, because it's so important to hear it right now. Well, first, uh, it's great to be with you all, and I want to thank you for inviting me to your show tonight to speak about important matters such as this. But overall, you know, the the FBI as a whole is um, considering what the what's going on over in Israel and with Israel and Hamas. We're taking it very serious, and we're and we are more or less at a heightened. Um, I would say, posture within the FBI and also within our FBI-led JTTFs around the country. And we are basically running down any leads or any information that comes in all the way down to ensuring or as, as much to ensuring that a threat has been dealt a potential threat has been dealt with or not. Um, and, and, you, and you're seeing that now out there because there's been recent arrests over the last couple of weeks. There was one in Houston of an individual who became um, uh, radicalized and wanted to do some harm to the community. And you saw out in Las Vegas, um, someone was arrested for threatening a senator. And then you re- you saw up at Cornell University, someone was arrested for for uh, making threatening statements. So we, we're taking this very serious, and we're continually working very hard to protect the community. Understood. And uh, also today, Sen- uh, Secretary Mayorkas has said uh, that uh, they've made a lot of mistakes in the immigration policy. And uh, what people are scared of is that a lot of uh, uh, terrorists have uh, come into our country. And like Rita said, uh, New York City is always the target. And uh, are you guys in New York, uh, uh, your people, in on heightened alert? Well, I wouldn't say we're heightened alert. We, we are really um, focusing on the current investigations that we have ongoing and then anything new that may come in or a potential threat or uh, someone from the public is seeing something that's not not right. So we, we are definitely taking, not that we didn't before, but we are even super more focused on um, trying to protect the community. And, and not only is it, we'll say, um, some type of a threat to harm the community, but we have a lot of, um, I would say, reports of, of hate crimes out there right now. So we're working with two different matters there. We have the hate crimes that has risen, and then we have the potential um, threats out there from the terrorism side that we're trying to handle. And everybody, we're talking to the assistant director in charge of the New York office of the FBI, uh, James Smith. Congressman King? Mr. Smith, first of all, congratulations on your job. And from talking to George, you're going to do an outstanding job. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. Uh, let me thank just you. say uh, – 
Yeah, we saw what Hamas did. They used unconventional weapons. They went back to using uh, landlines, uh, almost 19th century methods. Uh, is, is the FBI and uh, the NYPD equipped to cope with this new type of asymmetric warfare? Like, in other words, if they tried an equivalent attack in New York like in uh, like they did in Israel, do you feel that the NYPD well, and the well, FBI no, are, are ready? Well, what we're concerned with is, I mean, now, yes, a terrorist could come over to the United States from a foreign country and commit um, an act of terror. No, I mean, even the terrorists that are here now, I mean, if somebody wants to, you know, could they do something unconventional, I guess is what I'm saying. They, they, I mean, we have a lot of, we'll say, trip wires out there to try to, so that we notice and prevent something like that from happening. But I wouldn't be so much concerned with that. Not that that can't happen. We are really concerned with American citizens who are becoming radicalized and who are in their basement thinking of ways to just harm somebody and and that they all of a sudden uh, go out and commit an act of terror. So you, you don't have to be someone from another country to commit an act of terror. You can be a U.S. citizen and commit an act of terror. We have, governor, we, we have Governor Pataki here who uh, went through 9 He was the governor for 12 years. He went through 9-11. Governor Pataki? Yeah. Uh, director, thank you for your service. And uh, you're right to, to pay attention to Americans who could be radicalized. But what troubles me enormously is the border, the border, the border, the border. We have over 110,000 immigrants here. And to the best of my knowledge, we have no idea who they are, where they came from, what country, what their background was. And we do know that hundreds have crossed the border illegally who were on the terrorism watch list. Are you doing anything to vet or investigate these 100,000-plus people uh, who have come across the border in the last year? I mean, we do some investigations. Um, uh, it, it all depends on what's actually going on at the particular time. So, yeah, we do some investigations of people coming over the border. But let me don't don't be fooled and think that it's just folks that are coming through the southern border. We have people coming through the northern border. We have people who are flying in on a legit way into the United States through um, air. I mean, you uh, these people out there are sophisticated enough that if they really want to do something, they're going to do it and they're going to find a way to do it. Very well, scary. Thank you so much, uh, Assistant Director, uh, and uh, God bless you, and uh, thank you for everything that uh, your your people do. Thank you for everything the FBI does, and I pray for our people. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Director. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we got uh, Santa Alphonse D'Amato, and he's mad as heck about some of the things going on. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And uh, joining us here is former New York Senator, uh, the greatest senator ever. I can say that because we have Congressman Pete King and we have a governor, Governor Pataki here. So I can say uh, we're not stepping absolutely, on any toes. Absolutely. All right. All Definitely right. a great senator. Definitely yeah. a great senator. Senator Alphonse D'Amato. Uh, senator, I understand uh, your message is Sleepy Joe better wake up. you got to believe it. Sleepy Joe is leading us to a path of destruction. Now, in June... They finally woke up after almost three years to the fact that this guy, Robert Malley, who was a special envoy to where? To Iran. And he had served in that position under Obama, too. 
And what did he do in both cases? He waived sanctions. He made sure that the sanctions, when he came in um, under Sleepy Joe, were waived. You know what that cost us? That gave Iran a minimum of $50 billion that they would not have had. And who do you think is behind the attacks on Israel? Iran. Where do you think Hamas got the weapons from? Where do you think they got the money to fund their organization? Iran. And why did this thing take place now where they attack Israel? Because Iran was, excuse my language, shitting in their pants when there came about Israeli and Please don't use those words. At least he conditioned it, excuse my language. FCC regulated. (laughs) You know how the federal law is. Well, I want to tell you, they absolutely were terrified. And that's when Hamas was put up to striking. This is Iran. Sleepy Joe, wake up. Wake up, for God's sakes. Stop appeasing them. And they suspended this guy because they finally found out that he was really a double agent. Okay, they suspended him without pay. But but you know what? Also, Senator D'Amato, you know what? They didn't suspend. There's a woman who works also there. They didn't even revoke her security clearances. And and also, by the way, Governor Pataki, there also we were talking about this earlier. There are two people that are still on the taxpayer payroll right now. Uh, One of them who was spewing anti-Semitic stuff. He's at uh, DHS. There's another one that's at the State Department who has a blog up who's getting paid by the taxpayers that is saying the most vile things about Israel, and they're still getting paid. Uh, this, well, what is going on? This is a mess. But when your special envoy is a person who is really acting on behalf of Iran and is responsible for seeing to it that the sanctions that we had, he advocated, he's got the State Department and Sleepy Joe following his directions. They finally suspended him. He, he should be, you will see, they will bring finally criminal charges against him. Of course, you never know well, with this attorney general's office and with Sleepy Joe what they'll do. This is a traitor. He is an absolute traitor. And we have to, and what we have to do, this administration, is to tell Iran, let me tell you something. If you don't stop right now and stop Hamas and stop these attacks on us right now, we're going to wipe out your atomic facilities. And they are afraid that one country who would do it is Israel. And look what's happening to Israel. And But we've got to send them a message. Now, let me get off my high horse and just tell you one thing. You've got two great former public servants. There was no better congressman than New York has ever had than Peter King. And I got to tell you, an outstanding, fantastic governor, George Pataki. To have both of them there with you is really special because they did some job for our nation and for our state. Incredible. Uh, How about Judge Weinberg? Yeah, what about, did he say do anything for the uh, country or for the city? Well, I want to tell you, the judge calls them the way they are. He, he doesn't play politics. He cares about this country. And that's the kind of service we need. We don't know people. We don't need people who just stand up for their party. We need them 
to stand up for the right things. That's what we need. And let me tell you, we are in big trouble. This world is in big trouble because our nation is not what it can and should be. Senator, this is George Pataki. Thank you for your patriotism and for your kind words. You know, the Obama administration was unabashedly pro-Iranian at the expense of many of our Sunni allies uh, while they were in office. And I fear that Biden has surrounded himself with those same people. And you mentioned Mali as one of them, and hopefully he will get his comeuppance. But isn't it still the case they're still very much pro-Iran, although this may cause a setback? And aren't those sanctions uh, still waived for many of the things that Mali was able to get through before he was suspended? That's right. They have, they have waived almost all of the economic sanctions that were placed on Iran, and, and there's no reason for it. They are the enemy. They are the enemy of this country. They are not only Israel's enemy, they are the enemy against democracies. And they want to rule that area of the world. Hey, Al, let me say the record before you go. From councilman to Congress, you're the guy that got me there, so thank you. Well, let me tell you, Peter, you serve with great distinction, just as George Pataki served with great distinction. And, and I have to tell you, I don't say that because... Of your how, how about me? Yeah, oh, I know. I know. Didn't, yeah. I get, didn't I get George Pataki elected? <laughs> and I also and love George Pataki and the, and the congressman. Don't I get some accolades? I love them, too. Everybody loves everybody. Uh, there you go. Kumbaya. Thank you, Senator. Kumbaya. Thank you, Senator. in Washington. A big change. Amen. Absolutely. The United States should wake up. Democrats right. and Republicans and take this Wake up. president on. Wake up. Thank you, Senator. Thank you, You're Senator. great. Thank you, Senator. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America. Don't forget Kumbaya.